<clears throat> we have been talking about the Beatitudes, and uh, we've been working our way through that. And um, Brandon paid me a uh, an incredible compliment tonight, or this morning, I, I guess it was this morning. Um, uh, I, I had shared that I had made that graphic, and it, it took me like two hours to do that and put it all together with all the misspellings and everything. And... Uh, uh, and you guys got a really good laugh out of it. Well, that little Mr. Computer dude over here, it took him an hour. So uh, he's like, that was really hard. So I was like, yes. So um, so at least hopefully there's no spelling errors to laugh at. But um, anyway, uh, so let can you put up our graphic for us here, if you would, please? We have We have been... Yeah, ooh. <laughs> so we have been we've been talking about the beatitudes and and what I'm what I'm trying to 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 help us understand is that the beatitudes starts with the poor in spirit and goes to the those that mourn, the the meek, the hunger and thirsting after righteousness, the merciful and and it is it is you know, we've talked about the different layers, like an onion has layers, and and that you, these are not independent things, but they're they're all connected to each other, and and you 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 start with the poor in spirit, and then you work your way into being mournful over your sin, and and so on and so forth, and then as as this connection takes place, then the persecuted, and then the cycle just keeps going over and over and over in our lives and it is something that is a process that <clears throat> that we as believers in Jesus Christ have a desire to walk with God and you say wait a minute does that mean I have a desire to to be a persecuted believer and the reality is this and we'll get into this next week the reality is this if you stand for Christ you're going to have some persecution. Period. Now, does that does that what what does persecution look like? We'll talk about that next week. So don't get scared. Okay. Um, <clears throat> tonight we're going to talk about the peacemaker. So Matthew chapter five in verse nine. <clears throat> Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Now. <clears throat> Last week, I gave you some homework. How many of you did your homework? Okay, Brandon, did you? Did, Bob, did you do your homework? Okay, good for you. Uh, so Brandon and Bob, just, oh, you did? Okay. All right, so those, those three that did their homework, um, tell me what a peacemaker is. We'll start with Bob. Okay, okay, but you did, you did. That's awesome. Okay, Brandon? <laughs> You're supposed to write stuff down. Okay. A mediator. Okay, the, the best definition, the best definition to a, and we'll talk about this in a minute, uh, to a peacemaker is a mediator. Okay, okay. It is not, and I told you this last week, 
a peacemaker, especially in Scripture, is not a pacifist. Okay, uh, the, 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 the idea of a pacifist is someone who wants peace at any price. <clears throat> Those of you that re- remember history or know history, uh, Neville Chamberlain was a pacifist. Yes, he and he tried his best to pacify Hitler. Yes. And, and, and he, he went to Germany and, and he met with Hitler, and when he got home, this is what he said about Adolf Hitler. He is the commonest little dog I've ever seen. That's what he said about Hitler. Mussolini said about Chamberlain. Chamberlain is unaware that to present himself to Hitler in the uniform of a middle-class pacifist and British parliamentarian is the equivalent of giving a wild beast a taste of blood. So a peacemaker is not a pacifist, okay? And, and oftentimes uh, people read through this, this Beatitudes and, and they think, oh, okay, blessed is be okay, so I, I kind of have to be nice to everybody, and th- th- that's not what this is talking about. So what is a, pass, a, a, a peacemaker? Uh, John Phillips wrote this, sin introduced conflict into the world. The first sin separated man from God. The second sin, Cain's murder of Abel, separated man from man. Jesus came to bring peace. Now I want you to think about this because this is this is important here. Jesus, one of one of Jesus' messianic titles was what? Prince of Peace. In Isaiah chapter nine and verse six, unto for unto us uh, <clears throat> a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He was born, when he was born, the angels declared in Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And uh, suddenly there were with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. When he comes, he will beat swords into share plows and spears into pruning pruning hooks and will bring a reign of peace. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 4. And he shall judge the nations and shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. What a wonderful time that's going to be. Question. Can there be... (laughs) He got away again. Um, (laughs) Can there be peace on earth? Not for a while. 
I, re I read a statistic one time since the history since history has been collected until present there have been a total of nine years of peace on earth without war of some sort I, I read I don't know how accurate I read that but it sounds about right does it not <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be a little generous. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> but I have a definition here, and I actually made up a slide. I made up this slide, okay? <clears throat> uh, this is the definition of a peace uh, peacemaker. I, I came across this, and I really liked it. Um, <clears throat> a, a mediator, there's your word mediator, okay? A mediator who tries to bring about harmonious relation between two opposing parties. So, what are the opposing parties? Okay, God and man. So, then who is the peacemaker? Okay, the, okay, Jesus is the peacemaker. Okay, but what does Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9? Blessed are the peacemakers. It is those people who mediate between God and men. That is what a peacemaker does. What is, what is a, I, I, I told, I told uh, uh, Brother Dustin this afternoon, I said, your sermon is going to dovetail really good into the, the message tonight because really, what is a peacemaker? A soul winner. Somebody who is conscious about the souls of the lost. That is what a peacemaker is. And Jesus says here, blessed are the peacemakers. <clears throat> Turn over to Romans uh, chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Now, I have read this verse, the, 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 verse 18, numerous times. And I never recognized the repetitive nature of the first part of this verse. What, is it, what does it say? If it be possible, so much, that, so much as lieth in you. Do you see any repetitiveness in those two statements? I do. So what is, what is Paul telling us in Romans chapter 12? Okay. Every everything every every element that is in you needs to make an effort to be at peace with all men. See, one of the really cool things about about the Greek language is whenever you see an overemphasis of a certain subject, the writer is trying to do exactly that, overemphasize it and and exaggerate it. 
And here, I believe Paul, is, is, is through obviously through the leading of the Holy Spirit, is trying to get us to understand every, everything that is in me, I need to make sure that I'm right with every man that I can. So, as I have looked at this and studied and prayed, I see two responsibilities of a peacemaker slash mediator. And that is our responsibility between man and God to, to help men with their relationship between men and God, and then our responsibility from man to men. So this, this idea of being a peacemaker, to me, takes on a twofold responsibility. To be a soul winners, if you would, to be soul conscious, but to also have a sensitivity that we may need to intervene in the affairs of men and keep peace within the family of Christ. So let's look at the first one, the, the responsibility man to God. Question, <clears throat> is it my responsibility to make people get saved? No, it's not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 to 7, it says, uh, Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom he believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos is watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth uh, anything, neither he that watereth, but God giveth the increase. So who... The other day, I was, <clears throat> I, I, I was thinking about an event that took place many years ago, and I, I, I had the opportunity to lead somebody to Christ because, because I spent time with this individual. Uh, I, I built a relationship with this individual. Um, this individual ended up getting saved, and, and I, I was just so excited and, and everything. And later on, this individual kind of, did some things to me that weren't really nice. Y'all ever been there? Okay. And one of my first thoughts was, boy, that's just not fair. After all I did for them, after all the hours that I poured into this individual's life, after all that I did for them, they're going to do me that way? Really? And it hurt. And the other day I was kind of feeling sorry for myself and I was I was actually out in my workshop kind of having a really awesome pity party. It was really good. Um, and <laughs> yeah. No, pity parties are best by yourself. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm out there having this pity party and I had already written this sermon. Okay, I had already written this. And then it was, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit can just kind of not be really nice. And, and the Holy Spirit just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and he said, don't, don't you remember what you just wrote? It put in your sermon? Oh, are you kidding me? I was having such a good pity party. But you know what? A smile came across my face. 
And I said, you know what? I'm nothing. I'm nothing. What, what does he say here? He says, he says I, have, I have planted, Apollos has watered, but God gave the increase. But, but see, if you stop there, then at least I get some credit, right? But then Paul had to keep going. He says, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth. But God giveth the increase. And I just sat there. I said, God, praise God, I'm nothing. You are everything. And I could, I, I, I had, I, my blood pressure came down. And I had, an, I had just had a great time working out in my shop. Why? Because, because it's not about me. I'm not called to win people to Christ. I'm called to be a peacemaker. I'm called to be a, a mediator, an advocate, from from God to man. That's my job. I got a I got another quote for you. I and this is another slide. Are you, are you proud of me here? <clears throat> your talk talks, and your walk talks but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Say that five times fast. <laughs> I, have one, I have enough time saying it once. But what is, what is the premise of this, of this quote from John Maxwell? Actions speak louder than words. And as, as we go, you know, the, the, we are surrounded by unsafe people. We, we heard it this morning. Everywhere we go, we run into unsafe people. And you know what? They're watching. They're watching and they're listening. And, I, and as, I, as, I was, as I was thinking about this, I thought, I wonder sometimes if people that are watching me look at my life and say, you know what? I want what he has. Or do they look at my life and say, I want nothing to do with what that man has? What does your walk look like? Hopefully, your talk matches your walk. Because we can say all the right things, but if we're not living the way we're supposed to live, then our words are empty words. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now I want to I want to draw your attention to uh, three little words right in the middle of this, of this statement. And that is, Ye shall be. Ye shall be. Over there. Ye shall be. You're going to be a witness for Jesus Christ. You're either going to be a good witness or you're going to be a bad witness. But you're going to be a witness. The, 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 the statement here is a statement of truth. You're going to be a witness. But what kind of a mediator, what kind of a peacemaker are you going to be? 
between God and men. John chapter 5 and verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go uh, <clears throat> that you should go and bring forth much fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it. We are commanded to go and to bring forth fruit. We have a great responsibility of being a peacemaker, mediator, if you would. This lost world around us is crying out. People today look for peace in money. They look for peace in relationships. They look for peace in possessions. You know, I, 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 I just... And I, I shouldn't say this, but I enjoy watching people that think their their that their peace and their joy comes from possessions. Because what happens to all the toys they buy? They break down. <laughs> they break down. And and, and they they're constantly having to do maintenance on them. And. And, and now the more toys you have, the more maintenance you have to do, so you have the less time to go out and play with the toys that you have full in your, your garage full of. Amen. <laughs> oh, Larry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and Larry says, women are to remain silent. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But the reality is, and we and we know this, we know this, none of those things bring peace. Jesus Christ is the only peace that we're going to have. The only peace is being reconciled <clears throat> with the Prince of Peace. So, our second responsibility is man to man. Again, Romans uh, 12, 18, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. My pastor, Pastor Stevens, used to say all the time, if your vertical relationship is not right, your horizontal relationships will not be right either. And as mediators, it is our responsibility to mediate between God and man. But as we mediate between men and men, then it is, it is, it is critical that we make sure that, the, that the, the vertical is taken care of as well. Because oftentimes when there's conflict here, there's conflict here. The goal of a peacemaker must always be to work on the vertical relationship first. We can, you know, uh, uh, Dustin here, he's, he, he is a, uh, an engineer that builds bridges. Okay, that's what he does. That's how he afford, is able to afford to do what he does. And... As I was thinking about this message, I, I, I didn't realize you're a bridge engineer when I wrote this, okay? But I was thinking about this. You know, we will, we, we will build bridges in relationships, will we not? 
And and when when there is a when there is a conflict between a, a brother or a sister in Christ, we will do our best or we should do our best to build a bridge to connect that relationship. Should we not? In fact, there, the, the Bible talks about it. We have a responsibility to do that. But can we force that person to cross the bridge? No, we cannot. Just like I never want to drive over a bridge he designed. No, I'm, I'm too. I, I, his wife doesn't either, but I'm just saying. Uh, <clears throat> no, but ser- seriously, you know, you, you can do everything you can. But what, what is Paul saying here? It is your responsibility to do everything you can to live peaceably with all men. The, the, the idea here is that you're not going to make it with everybody. But you should still try. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called. They shall be called the children of God. I started thinking about that. And I thought, you know, when I, when I first read it, my, my, my dyslexic brain did not pick up the word called. And I, I, I have read it for years as... Let, let me let me. This is this is how cool it is to be dyslexic. It's awesome. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the children of God. I, I one of my things about dyslexia is I can I can actually skip words, and I I had never noticed the word called. But what does that mean? They shall be called. The children of God. So I started thinking about it. I thought, well, this is pretty interesting. So when people see me being a peacemaker, a mediator, an advocate between God and man, or man and man, man and man, or woman and woman, you you know what I'm talking about. When, When people see me, what will they do? They will look at me and say, there's something different about him. He must be a child of God. But wow. That reminded me of something. <clears throat> Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And when, <clears throat> when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with, a, with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Why were they called Christians? What does, well, let me back up. What does the word Christian mean? Okay, it, 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 literally, means, it literally means to be the party of Christ. Okay? So, so everybody who saw the disciples in Antioch said, hey, they are like Christ. What were they doing? They were being peacemakers. They were being advocates. Med- meditators, that didn't work. <laughs> I was trying to talk too fast. So what was happening in Antioch? They were seeing Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, being played out in the lives of the disciples. 
And they were calling them Christians. They weren't calling them the children of God, but they were calling them Christians. It's the same thing. I wonder what this, I wonder what the people in our city say about us. See, the word Christian is not a title that you take on to yourself. The word Christian is a title that somebody gives you when they see Christ being lived out in your life. So to call yourself a Christian is false advertising. Think about it. Blessed be the blessed blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. So, in closing, can we can we put up our graphic again, Mr. Chris? So, here we have the poor in spirit understanding that in myself I can do nothing. That is the first the first layer of the Beatitudes. The second one is the mourning, the, the, when we recognize and mourn over our sin. The meek, the, uh, having that inner strength to stand and do right. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. That one is really pretty basically self-explanatory. When we hunger and thirst after the things of God, the merciful, learning to show mercy to others and then having it demonstrated back to us. The pure in heart that we talked about last week, the the pure, the clean, the person who is not perfect, but the person who is free from sin in their lives, who has a clean heart. Again, you see the progression you can't, I talked about this last week, you can't just look at this list and say, okay, uh, I want to be merciful and I'll, I'll do the morning thing and, and I don't want to the persecuted part, uh, but I'll do the peacemaker thing. I'll, I'll do those three. You, you can't do that. It is one that builds onto the next, onto the next, and onto the next because the reality is you cannot become a peacemaker until you've got all these other things working for you. Standing in the gap. Now next week we're going to talk about the persecuted. What does it mean to be persecuted? And then the cycle starts all over again. And it just, it just keeps going. And the closer we get to God, the more pro- prominent these things become in our lives. And we think of persecution as 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 being tortured and burned at the stake. And yes, that is included in that, but it's much more than that. As we, as we bring it, as we conclude tonight, let me just encourage you, be a peacemaker. Be, be soul conscious about <clears throat> who you're around. Again, we, were, we had a great reminder this morning of the importance 
the importance of being a soul winner in our in our in our community and our in our families and so on and so forth. People around us desperately need the gospel. We need to do a better job. There's no question about it. We need to do a better job. And it's only going to be because the Prince of Peace is doing a work in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work you do in our lives. And Lord, I am I am so truly thankful and grateful for all that you do. And Lord, as we bring our service to an end, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would encourage us, that you'd strengthen us, and that you would be with the business meeting to follow. May your son's name be lifted up and honored. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.